Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Oh, all right, welcome to uh, welcome to the, the latest episode of the Dog Show Show. We've spent a bit of time over a few of our episodes exploring various people and their legacies in, in this world. And um, well, we've got... We've got one of Australia's foremost Staffordshire Bull Terrier experts sitting here, and we haven't explored the legacy of her family and the legacy of... Well, we better do it. Yeah, so um, my name's Adam, this is Barb, and we've got Kim Reader, who <laughs> her name is on the podcast, on the logo even, with mm-hmm. Kim Reader. And, of course, the... How would we... Would, would it be too much to call it the legendary gamester prefix? I don't think so. <laughs> you don't need your ears on for this one. That's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can you can have them off if you need to because you don't have anyone overseas. Okay, but yeah, so we need to explore the reader family legacy and the gamester legacy in the Stafford world because it's it's pretty significant, isn't it? Yes. So for people that haven't listened to previous episodes, haven't heard the story, Kim, how long? This is the Foundation Club, nineteen sixty-five. So, mm-hmm. And you were nine when you got into the dog world. Yeah. With Blue Sam, your first dog. Tarumba Blue Samantha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What, to refresh us on the story for that, because I know we have covered it, but what was the, the background of Blue Sam? Uh, well, basically, um, I think I said in the last podcast about this, that we had a, a red cattle dog named Sugar. And we used to go to the vet in Parramatta, Dr. Paul Pemberton, who had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier by the name of Ozzy. He was a red dog. He used to greet everybody at the door, all the kids, and was really friendly. Um, we unfortunately lost sugar, and uh, mum decided that, you know, um, she'd won a daily double. I think I've mentioned that before. And that we could either have a... Um, she always... Everything was for the kids, so what do you want with this this little windfall i've had and uh she asked whether we wanted uh clothes or or a new dog because we'd lost sugar and uh of course it was unanimous except for one brother who was um terrified of dogs um my middle brother craig who um to this day doesn't like dogs so but uh he was very scared of them and my mum was worried that he would walk to school and the dog would come out and he'd run on the road and get run over or something very horrible so she wanted a dog that was really good with the kids and uh ozzy had presented that way at the at the vet all the time so that was the breed for us so she contacted dr paul and he said there was nothing around except a litter out at green valley um a man by the name of Alan Barrett had had used a a dog but there was the only thing that was left was blue was a blue brindle bitch so my mum said she she didn't mind that. So we all toddled on out there and met Alan and Cheryl Barrett, Tarumba. And uh, I remember well their litter of puppies in their laundry, uh, of which there was only one blue brindle bitch available. Their mum, her mum was a, uh, a red and white bitch, uh, so technically red, and he'd used a blue dog. So um, we bought this bitch only as a pet, for uh, for us to have for the family pet. Mm. Anyway, we, I remember going home and she rang my granddad up, my my pop, 
and said, look, I've bought this dog. It, it is a pedigree dog. He said, well, what's the pedigree? She said, oh, I didn't get the pedigree. Oh, go and get the pedigree. So she went back and paid $10 for the pedigree mm. and the papers for, for Sam. And my grandfather was a pigeon fancier and had raced pigeons all his life, had won Gimpy and all sorts of great races. And mum had been part of that with him. So uh, he knew a lot about breeding and that sort of thing. My mum's side of the family from Tasmania, all into breeding of, you know, trees, grafting, all that sort of thing. So very steeped in that sort of world. Mm. Anyway, I had a look at the pedigree and said, you know, what's the grandfather like? He was Malcott Maestro, New Zealand and Australian champion. Uh, and uh, mum said, uh, by all you know accounts, a really good dog, and that he was actually in Australia on lease to Les Kendall, and he said, we'll try and get to use that dog. So um, it was a grandfather-granddaughter mating, which is very much the principles of breeding. Mm. Um, and so mum contacted uh, Les, Mr Kendall, who said, no, I'm sorry, I have to ask Marion Forrester, who she leased the dog from in yeah. New Zealand, so long story short, she said no oh. because the bitch was blue. Oh. So um, what we did realise was, though, when we did start to breed her, that she was totally recessive. So any dog that you use, that's what the pups look like. Oh. She never produced a blue. Oh. So that was interesting. So I think for all those blue people out there, that would be an interesting uh, situation. But having said that, the way blues are bred now, they're very closely bred to blue, to blue, to blue. This wasn't bred on a colour system. Mm. It was just a Stafford that happened to be blue brindle. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So anyway, we moved on from Sam. She had um, three, two litters. She wasn't a happy mother. Um, we bred a couple of nice dogs from her, but she wasn't, that wasn't her thing. She didn't like being a mum at all. Oh. So um, basically um, we moved on to her, from her to... Um, we got um, an Almaday bitch, Almaday Ebony Eve from Lois Davidson, Dr. Lois Davidson in Queensland, who was the person at the time who would go to England along with Brian Morrison and look at the dogs and come back and tell us all. Um, Brian's family owned a retrovision and Lois Davidson was an anaesthetist, so they had the funds to travel mm. and uh, the means to do that. So it was fortunate for us at that time that we could actually you know, have the info come back. Mm. Anyway, um, Dr. Davidson brought quite a few dogs in, uh, but she, mum had ordered a puppy from Dr. Davidson, which was Almaday Ebony Eve, and I think I've told in the first podcast the funny stories attached to her. Mm. And um, we did, mum did manage to breed some very nice stock out of her, even though she was pretty ordinary. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she was my friend, and that's all I can keep saying about her. So, um, but yes, but from then on, um, my mum decided that she wanted to be able to go to England and have a look at these things for herself. And so she got a consortium of ladies together out of the Stafford Club mm. and said, um, you know, do you want to come to England? So I think there was about six of them. And by the time the time came to get on the plane, there was only one left and that was her. <laughs> so she went so anyway. She went on her own. She did. Wow. Which was very brave because she, you know, Never flown out of the country. But fortunately, um, there'd been a judge out here to judge, uh, Mr Ron Savat, who came out to judge and had said to her, if you're coming to England with these ladies, please make sure you come and see us, him and his wife. Yeah. So he made arrangements and he picked her up from the airport and wow. took care of her. Mm. And uh, she was, you know, privileged to go to 
the shows and look at the dogs. Mm. And um, Mr. Servat said to her, or Ron said to her, um, look, I want to take you to meet this lovely couple. The ladies had a stroke, um, but he's breeding some of the best dogs in the country at the moment, and that mm. was Ash Dog. Mm. Makes me cry. <laughs> so um, anyway, they um, toddled off one night um, when Alec had come home from work. His wife had had a severe stroke, and she was had a lot of uh, linguistic problems. She couldn't speak properly. Yeah. But my mum was a very kind person and could understand every word. Mm. Oh. Mm. So, um, and she was probably the brains behind the outfit, really. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a lot, a lot of knowledge. Anyway, Alec showed mum his dogs, and of course she didn't hold back. Um, do you mind? Could I buy that one? Um, no, you can't have Artful Bess, Ashdog Artful Bess, who was an English champion and, you know, a beautiful bitch at the time. Yeah. Um, but she did say to him, look, if anything comes up, I really am interested. This is the type of staff that I think is correct yeah, yeah. and that I would like. Um, so time went on, and in the meantime, um, on our travels, we, you know, my sister and I, Kerry, had also travelled to the UK, and we did it regularly. We um, went to shows and looked at the the lines, and you know, had a lot of input with each other about what we should do for the future. Mm. And there was um, a beautiful dog there called Reeton's Aristocrat, a brindle dog, um, and we made arrangements that. Um, when they repeated that mating, that we would buy a dog from that litter. Mm. And we did buy the repeat mating. His name was Reeton Sir Galahad. Mm. And we brought him to the country. Um, He couldn't be shown. He had a major fault. But we basically used him anyway. Mm. And he produced some of the top winning dogs in the country, not just for us. Mm. Because we stood him at stud to people free, by the way. Mm. We we never charged for that. Mm. Actually, we had to pull mum up on that sometimes. Mum, we can't keep afford to be giving this away free. <laughs> yeah. Cost a lot of money to bring into the country. Yeah. But she'd just go, oh, no, you can use him. Come on then. Because people mm. say, I don't have any money. And right. her interest was mainly, well, you know, we've got to get the breed. We've got good dogs. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So she would stand them at stud, often very expensive stock that we brought in free to, of good, free to yeah. people. To, mm. to breed better dogs, better Staffords. How did your mum become an expert? Like, was it, did she know Staffords before you had one or was she just reading the breed standards and, and learning from other people? My mum was a, a thousand percent person, I called her. Right. Everything she did, she did with a heart and soul and a thousand percent. And she was a kind, generous person, obviously. Yeah. And she just put her heart and soul into talking to everybody possible. Like I've got stacks of letters from Marion Forrester still. Any question she'd ask, you know, she would find out. That was her thing. Mm. She would read. I remember the first book she bought was an American Stafford book. She rang Brian Morrison up and said, oh, Mr Morrison, could I just have a minute of your time? Because his contact was always at work. Um, I just, I've got this book and um, my dog's ears don't look right. They're not the same as this dog on the cover. Yeah. Well, that's a different breed, Mrs. Reader. That's an American Stafford. So, like, she would learn from everybody that she possibly could until she became the educator. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's what I'm sort of driving at. Like, she got to a point where she was that person that people called. Well, we didn't muck around. What we would do is go to different countries. And we, as I think I said before, we didn't tell people. We listened. And we chose yeah. the pearls of wisdom from the chaff, in our opinion. Yeah. 
and and that's a Judy Daniels saying actually, um, that we actually would sit down and listen and then work it out and then do it and see if it worked. Mm-hmm. But she was a student of pedigrees. It wasn't only the look of the dog, it was the book. So they used to say you breed by the book and the look. Mm-hmm. So the book is the pedigree. Mm-hmm. And she knew how, what things nicked, what things didn't nick. And then, you know, I'd go to England with my sister and we'd have a look around and, um, you know, find a dog or find a bitch that mm-hmm. we'd need to bring back. And... Um, we all sort of, well, we all had the eye. We all knew what we were looking for. And to this day, I can, from being educated from my mum, I can look at pedigrees and mm. know what will happen when people put them together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So, so you so, know what goes and what yeah, doesn't yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. And so people, people to this day still ask me. And even back in those days, the competitors would ring and ask mum on the quiet what to do. Mm-hmm. My mum would be overseas and people would ring up and say, can you ring your mother? You know, so-and-so's in season. I need to know what to do. So that's just about being so fully immersed in this world and so... A student of the breed, basically. Yeah, yeah. And really almost to the point of being obsessed about it. Yeah, well, as I say, she was a thousand percent person. She put her heart and soul into everything. Mm. And if she was going to do it, she would do it properly. Otherwise, why bother, really? So she um, wanted to really, really do it properly and, you know, listen to everybody and, you know, picked up on the things they said by listening. Yeah. Mm. So, and then work out whether to do it or not. And then look at also what was successful and look at what that pedigree was and then what is the same as that pedigree here, even though they're same pedigree, different dogs, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So... Yeah. And and rely on Nick's. Even before we went to England and we had Eve and Sam, we were producing pretty good dogs. Yeah. Mm. So your mum started off breeding the dogs and then when you go into the show side of things, was that something that you had, dis- you had a discussion as a family about let's go and do this or is it something that your mum di- started off and then you followed as you grew older? And- well, she basically, uh, Alan Barrett, called up and said that there was a Stafford show on and would mum take Sam? Mm. She said, all right then, can the kids come? Yeah. So my brother's in a pram and off we all toddle and um, go to the show. And um, I think Sam won a class. She didn't win the challenge. Um, But my sister, I think I mentioned my sister won the child handlers. Yes. Mm. And that was a tick for, you know, we might continue doing this. It's something Mm. for the kids. and um, that's basically how we started. Mm. The next show, we went to Canberra. Dad came to that one because my uncle and auntie and my cousins lived down there. Mm. So we had a place to stay. And that was in the days when the road was dirt, mm. dirt mm-hmm. red dirt. So it was you a knew mission to get to there. It yep. was hard to get there. Hours yeah. and the hours. trip from your place to the valley would have been a mission in those days. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, it's very um No, I mean legit it would have been. Those mm. would have been dirt roads as well. Cow, you know, Elizabeth's right, the cow pasture road, they mm. were dirt mm. roads back then. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We lived at right on me then and they just put up the um bridge. Yeah. So <laughs> really? Yeah. So it was, yeah, very long time ago when you think about it. Mm. Yeah. So um but yeah, we'd go down and stayed with my uncle and aunt. Um and basically had a show there and we just continued on showing. So then it got to a point where mum didn't want to show anymore, so she handed it over to me. Mm. And um, and also when my daughter got old enough, we gave gave her a 
a doctor show as well. Yeah. Um, so my sister wasn't into the showing part of things. She was more administrative and eventually judging and things. She didn't, yeah. even though she won the trial and handlers, she didn't. <laughs> um, she wasn't. She didn't want to go down that path really. She yeah. always said to me it was because you always get them to show. That's why. But it wasn't really. She wasn't really interested. Uh-huh. Mm. I had in my head this idea that you know. Maybe the dog world lost a great shower. Like she, oh, no, I don't want to do it. She's prodigiously talented, but then, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. Yeah, well, she wasn't it. bad at it. Everybody <laughs> in the family was good at it. My brother, yeah. my brothers were good at it. Um, what about the one that didn't like dogs? Yeah, he he was the best at it. Oh really? Yeah, because he was mean enough to make them stand still. Oh uh, yeah. Like, you know, no, yeah. stand still, where we'd all go, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. go along. No, with stand the up, mate. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. <laughs> but um. So, yeah, he was very good at it as well. So it was a family thing, but the, the boys sort of dropped off. Um, they really weren't interested. Dad really wasn't interested. He built the kennels and did everything else that we needed for the dogs. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't want to go to the dog shows. Didn't find them too friendly, he said. Mm. Yeah. So for him, no, he was busy doing stuff with the boys and, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. So um, none of them really followed. It was just the girls. And then, of course, um, we started importing dogs that, to Australia regularly. Mm. So, you know, we brought Ash Dot Mad Hatter. Alec had contacted Mum and said that he had this dog that was a bit naughty and the people were sick of him. Um, he'd eaten the inside out of a Jaguar. So they were looking oh, for a no. home. So, um, yeah, Ernie Woolett's Jaguar. And uh, basically, so we, we purchased the dog and... Uh, the worst thing about Crosby was that Ernie took him back to pick the car up, left him in the car to go and pay. When he came back, he'd eaten it again. Oh, no. So, oh. so who's silly there? <laughs> Not the yeah, dog. No. Okay. So, <laughs> take the dog out of the car. <laughs> don't take the dog in the car and leave it there. Anyway, his, his walnut dashboard and the yeah. lot. Yeah, anyway, so um, anyway, so long story short, that's how we ended up with Crosby. He was a he was a, a very naughty dog, so he made a big influence on the breed. After we'd got Rhett and Sir Galahad, and we brought in a, a string of dogs. Before that, we brought dogs from New Zealand. Um, we stood them to stud to everybody in the country if they wanted to use them. Yeah. Um, there was a little era where somebody had brought in a uh, a dog that had uh, chronic hip dysplasia, so we weren't. Uh, interested in accepting those bitches to our dogs because mm-hmm. we didn't want to perpetuate that problem, yeah. even though it is a polygene, which is a whole other story. Mm. Um, but um, apart from that, they're always available. So we had a succession of dogs come in and then um, we had um, frozen semen as well. We were the first ones to bring frozen semen into mm-hmm. the country. Um, and basically... Uh, from uh, Colonial Force of Ashtock, and then we bought him a few years later, mm. or a couple of years later after that. Uh, we we brought a, a lot of dogs and bitches in and, and basically had top-quality dogs because we were accessing dogs from all around the world that we knew went together. Mm. And we made those available to anybody here who wanted to use them. And are you just, mm. like, in a modern context... If I want to find a, a dog, I can Google the dog. If I want to find a good breed, I can Google them. How are you finding these? Is this just through your network of people? Like you just, this person knows this person. From that, that time when there's no dog. social media. Yeah, there's no, telecommu- no telecommunications are reasonably primitive by today's standards. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, we would all take turns of going overseas. We'd save up our money or get a bank loan and we'd go overseas. And like, you know, we're just talking to Bill before. Went Mm. to America, met um, Bill and Judy, met their network. And there were other people there as well. Um, Can't remember their names, but quite a famous racing car driver brought all their dogs from England. They had some beautiful stuff. And that impacted on America for a while. Yeah. you know, we just met people then. You'd go to England, you'd meet people at the dog shows, just like you would here, and you'd know what dog you'd like. And mm. So you'd contact that person, and we'd just communicate by phone and letter in those days. That's all there mm. was. Mm. And just you took just, a little bit longer. That's right. Longer process. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you had, to, you had to write to people, or, you know, if it was urgent, you'd telegram, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. No, just, I mean, even just from the, the point of view of just knowing that person's the right person to talk to. And before you start the actual communication... Oh, because you can't read Google reviews. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just, I mean, you're really having to rely on people going, yeah, go, go and see the readers. The well, best. it was about what people produced. I always say, even this day, when people are self-proclaimed experts, which they often are, um, and that can be on the internet or any other way, yeah. show me a dog that you've own bred, exhibited, or contributed to the breed that it has been of excellent quality and I will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, there are people that come along that are new and they want, if they're going to sit there and, you know, tell you how to suck eggs, you sort of think, okay, that's cool. But at the end of the day, people, like I, I said before, when we went around, we listened. Mm. We didn't try to tell anybody anything about the breed. Mm. They were the people who knew. They had the proof. The proof's in the pudding, and it's even the same with judging. If people are judging these days, I look at what they've produced and owned to know whether they would know what a Stafford's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if they haven't, well, I wouldn't... Not that I don't respect them as a person, but I don't necessarily want their opinion because mm. they have not produced anything to prove that they know what they're talking so about. So you've just been lucky enough to buy a good dog. Well, you know, good, good on you, but go on your way. But if you've produced a couple of generations of really good dogs and you understand it, well, you're well, someone I'm going to Not even to. that. If you bring a dog in that is, is of excellent quality, you obviously know what you're looking for. Yeah. So that's fine. It's just when people haven't really done anything for the breed, I call it. Yeah. They haven't contributed to it in any way in respect to, um, you know, quality of dog or, you know, they're out there and they're, they're perpetually showing things that are very wrong that would show they don't know what what they're doing because if you knew what you're doing you wouldn't take it out there (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah sort of you'd think oh no this isn't good enough i I need to do better you'd be smart enough to listen to the person that says this isn't good enough you need to do better better. that's (laughs) right and not not perpetuate going out there and just thinking oh i might get a I might get a couple of ribbons along the way when nobody's here, mm-hmm. do you know? And if that's, mm. that rocks your socks, fine. Yeah. It's just a matter of what level of quality you want to have in dogs. Yeah. Yeah, easy enough to go to a show where you're the best of a bad lot kind of thing, but if you're not, you know, if you're serious about it, mm. get listen to what people are talking, mm. listen to advice. People say to me, why haven't you shown? Well, there's not something that I would think I should walk in there and get best in group with in recently. Mm. Mm. Well, there has, but they're in pet homes. But basically, it's just like, well, you know, if I want to walk in the ring with a dog, I believe in my heart of hearts, with my knowledge, that this is a contender for a best in group. 
Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a, my level of expectation yeah, of myself yeah. and our quality of our stock. Always yeah. has been. Yeah, yeah. I go, I'm not showing that dog. Someone else can. You don't want just best in breed. You want, if I'm going to take it, I'm going to take the whole thing. Yeah, so. Yeah. So it's, it's, well, it's got the ability to win it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got everything there, whether it wins it or not. Oh, you turn up on the day and there could be another dog that that's has that right. same thing. Yeah, That's yeah. right, and they prefer that over that, and that's yeah. their opinion, and yeah, yeah. That, I respect that. Yeah. But in my heart of hearts, I know this dog has got the qualities to win best in group. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Best of our group. But my mum always said that you, your main thing to win at a dog show is the challenge, which is you CC for dogs or bitches. Mm. Everything else is cherry on the top. Mm. So you have to keep... If you stay at that level... And everything else is cherry on top. Well, at the end of the day, you know you've got the best dog or bitch of your breed, mm. and that's what matters. Mm. Mm. In the end of the day, it's about the breed. Mm. Mm. Gamester, mm. Where, did, where did that come from? The prefix. It's a racehorse. Oh, was wasn't one of the daily double winners, was it? No, it was a greyhound. <laughs> um, greyhound. My mum and my pop used to go to the races um, once a month and watch the two-year-olds. They never used to put back on them and put any money on them. Yeah. But I think if they could have both been racehorse breeders, they would have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would look at the pedigrees and try to back the two-year-olds on the performance of the pedigree. Oh. Oh, was it just a thing they had? Yeah. They're pretty good at it. Yeah. And then they would like to predict if that horse was ever going to be a great one. Mm. That was just the thing they had between themselves. Yeah, yeah. So your mum had that skill long before. Yeah, she had a skill. She was so going into the yeah, going into it, the dogs. Would, yeah. You, yeah. would, would people like yeah? Because she just has really taken that idea that she's using in the race world and applied that to the dog world. Were people thinking like that back then? Was or was that was that? Because that sounds like revolutionary. That sounds like really different. Oh, I don't know. In Stafford's, I don't think they were. No. Um, but, it, you know, racehorses um, are a bit different to dogs. The key to, you, to your dog dog breeding is your, is your mother. Yeah. And the f- mother of your father. Yeah. Okay, that's the key to, to breeding dogs. Okay. And um, racehorses, they always talk about the sire. Yeah. But they're really talking about the mother of the sire. Yeah, well, yeah. So the thing about it is is that that's how she always looked at it. So she understood breeding principles. I think we said Mendel's theory and she was Darwin and all yeah. that stuff. She was a very clever person. If she hadn't had four kids, I'm sure she would have been a scientist like my uncle yeah. of some kind. Um, well, she was. Yeah. Geneticist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, really. Mm. Because it strikes me that there's a, there was a, a method and a system in place with the racehorses and, and what she's done is really just applied that to dogs and made it that... Because that's what you're doing. She's looking at... I mean, yeah, you're not racing the dogs, but she's looking going, okay, that one's, you know, bitch or dog, that was a champion and that was a champion, that was a champion. Well, this one probably might be a champion and and I'm guessing it's a lottery out of a litter of pups, you know. No lottery. No if, lottery? You know, if you've got it locked in, you know exactly what you're getting and everything looks the same. So I'm interested, mm. I'll be interested to see how many of those predictions for racehorses that your, um, your mum and your pop were, were right about because you, she's, again, I still think she's applied that to the dog world. Well, she used to say even before she passed away, even as she was still interested, she'd go, she'd pick out a, uh, you know, what was that famous mare? 
Uh, she picked her. I mean, a lot of people did, I'm sure, but you know what I mean? Oh, was, Maccabi Diva or you know, Octagonal? Yeah. Um, yeah what's the one that she had a nosebleed? Bart Cummings is one. Um, but anyway, she, she, she picked that one and, yeah. like, she would um, be very interested in what would come up. But it was with the, with the dogs themselves is, is that when you do have them and when you've got a line going... They say about even pups, that means they all look the same. Mm. They're the same size and it's your type's locked in, yeah. basically. Yeah. Mm. So, but, um, yeah, so that's basically uh, what we did. We, you know. The so gamester was a racehorse? Yeah. Okay. And did she ever win on that I horse? don't know whether she did or not. <laughs> it was supposed to be Karen Craig, which is all the kids' names, Kerry, Kim, Craig and Rodney. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she changed it and said oh, she's going to call it Gamester. She thought it was more suitable to the breed. Right. Then, you know, the kids' names were more, well, it wasn't like associated with the breed. A Gamester is a. Something that's up for it. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, she thought it was better for the breeds. Yeah. It, was an, um, it was an action name. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, she put that in and uh, we, we got that. So, um, but, yeah, that was mainly the, the key thing about it. But um, the difference, I think, the legacy that, 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 we've, that we've left and we still try to leave is, is that um, we brought a, a lot of dogs to the country and they set a standard mm. within this country of a level of quality of dog. Mm. Mm. And people, oh, those days, used to, will still do, even ring and say it's a gamester, you can tell you by looking at it. Mm. So they have a, a type that meets the standard mm. that is, you know, and no major anatomical faults like, you know, yeah. bad hind ends or fronts or, or any sort of bad top lines or things like that. So the dog could, would be fit for function before we even get to the show ring. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's the main thing. Mm. So not saying we, we breed or bred perfect dogs because nobody does that. Right. But, you know, as I think we've mentioned before, it's in the art of handling when you're in the ring as well, what you can cover up and yeah. what you can't. Yeah. But, yeah, we brought a, a, a series of dogs to the country um, and they made a difference to the breed and produced, I mean, it's like Sarabi. Things would happen like one would be judging in America. She judged the national and she gave this little bitch third in its class and said to the lady, gave her the ribbon and, touched her hand and said, if you ever don't want her, could you let me know? Mm. Didn't think she'd hear from her. Mm. And about three months later, an email comes from this lady, and I remember reading the email and going and getting mum said, this is, lady, you said you judged a dog, and she, you said you'd, she'd give it to you or something. She said, you're kidding. I said, no. We went and had a look. Oh, it's Sarabi. Yeah, we want her. Mm. So we got her out. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of an, an uh, episode because... Uh, the, the the bloods and things weren't right, so she had to spend four months in quarantine. Mm. Mm. And uh, she was a champion, but she wasn't a champion because it wasn't registered properly, so they had to go around and do it another time. Mm. And so she came out and she produced some beautiful stock for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's what you do. You go places and you see people and you create a network the old-fashioned way, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. of mm. people, of dogs that you know that, you know, you know that you could produce something out of all, and she was she was she was an Australian champion, a very naughty dog, one of the naughtiest dogs I have ever owned or met. Um, she used to go down the street and visit Mrs. Benno, have a cup of tea with her. When you didn't know where she was, she was down with Mrs. Benno. 
Just last time I took her back, she said to me, if she comes one more time, I'm keeping it. I remember saying, no, you can't. She's microchipped. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so I think um, the bottom line about it is there's a a whole series of of dogs we've had and those dogs are frozen as well. I had contact from a vet the other day saying to me, do you know you've got frozen semen here from a particular dog? Mm. Okay, move it to the others. We've got heaps of them from all around the world. Yeah. So that's something that will be for the future as well. Like a little, a little bank of little sperm bank of. And great how dogs. old are those? File. Mm, Twenty, thirty years old. Wow. How long do they last for? Ever. Wow. They last forever as long as you keep wow. liquid nitrogen up to them. Mm. So, <laughs> okay. Out of that lot that you have, is there a dog in there that you would go? Yeah, I'd like to try and. There's well, a couple. There's more oh, than a couple. You, what do you got? What do you got? You tell me. <laughs> no, I'm interested. I genuinely am. Uh, what have we got? Uh, Australian champion Jackstaff, Jackstaff Oddfeller, mm-hmm. who produced the beautiful Kiss Me. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best bitches this country's ever seen. Mm. Um, we've got um, um, Irish, English and Australian grand champion Come Hill Little Mischief. Mm-hmm. Stacks of him. Um, we've got, uh, who else have we got? We've got heaps in there. We've got South African dogs, we've got Irish dogs, we've got American dogs and English dogs. Wow. There's heaps in there. So, um, yeah, we just, um, but as I said before, the key to it is the bitch. Yeah. So um, just got to make sure we've got the right bitch to go to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what's important. Have you ever, um, have you ever sort of seen one and gone, yeah, you're the one. I want, I want you. But not oh, been many, to- <laughs> many times, many times overseas, mm, sort of been at a show in England or something, and with my sister or my daughter or my mum, and gone, what do you reckon? Do you reckon we could see if we could get that? I've had them turn up at the front gate and not leave. <laughs> what just like? Well, people come for shows and they bring all their dogs and yeah. and um, I can remember a particular... We're not going until you let our dog breed with your dog. No, no, we kept her. <laughs> so, kept... Yeah, well, they gave her. So what oh, happened, wow. in the old days, people were really, it wasn't all about the money. So what would happen was um, a, a lovely bitch turned up and um, the girl couldn't keep her. Right. She was she made it known she was going to let her go. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I, and I remember saying to mum, look, look at that. Do you want it? What is it? Yeah, we want it. Okay. Right. So what we would do is say, okay, if you let us have her, well, then when we breed her, you can have a pup back yeah. from the top stud mm. dog in the kennel. Yeah, mm. yeah. all right. Mm. And then do what you want with that. That's yours sure, then. If yeah, you just want to show it, you show it if you want to have it as a pet, you have it as a pet. Yeah, and it'll turn out because they do. You're going to have a... A top quality dog. That's right. Because because often you know we wouldn't we won't send you one that's not going to be the best. No, of course. On the on those those were the days. Yeah. Now you do that and you never see them again. So or mm. people steal them out of your yard or something wild. Yeah, yeah. So the world has changed dramatically with the com- it becoming a commodity. Mm. Yeah. But in those days, yeah. But yeah, sometimes I walk along and your eyes fall out of your head and you sort of think, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But you know you just. But you find also that people have a dog that looks like that. Well, then they will come to you because 
they can see it's similar to what you have anyway. So they'll come to you and say, look, I was thinking about using one of your dogs. Would you let me? Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because Show me the pedigree. Because if mm. they've been in the position that you were, we were talking about earlier, they know that a gamester dog is a good dog and you're going to get a good, good pup out of that. Well, we had, it was a bit like Lois and Brian. They, you know, they had the, they had the, they could bring the stock in. Mm. So obviously we were bringing the stock in. There were other people bringing stock in, but they were bringing, sometimes bringing stock in because it was bringing stock in. Mm. I don't think they always knew that what they were getting would enhance the quality of the breed in this country. Mm. And that's what it was all about for us. It wasn't just us. We wanted to have, and at one time, the Staffords, in Australia, we're the best in the world. Mm, mm. Mm. So people would come out here and judge and say, this is the best. These are incredible dogs. Yeah, this, I yeah. would go as far as saying that this is the best in the world. I know yeah. when Kiss Me won Best in Show at the Stafford Show, that judge, David Levy, said, and to this day writes, that is the best Stafford bitch he's ever seen. Mm. Wow. Mm. So that's a bit of a, an acknowledgement. Yeah. And, you know, it's a bit, bit nice of him to say that. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, that's a, that's a sort of, you know, reward you like because it's quite humbling really when people say that. You try yeah. your best yeah. and you hope and, you, you know, you, you're very judgmental on your own dogs. They're never good enough. No. So you sort of go out there and show them and hope they like them. Um, and when somebody acknowledges at that level, you sort of think, oh, how humbling is this? Mm. Yeah, and I think if, if it's someone that you really respect as well, like if, you know, other people say, oh, that's a great dog, but if it's someone you go, yeah, you know what a great dog is. Not mm. saying it's, yeah, yeah. my dog's great. You've like, got to respect the, the yeah. judge, and this yeah, is yeah, a bit of what we've lost, um, I think, in the whole wash wash out of the dog world, and it, it has been washed out to what it used to be. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it's not always... Um, and, you know, a, a, you know, there's quality dogs, but there's not always a quality win either. Mm. Mm. You know, you've got to. I, I've got to the point where, you know, I, I've I've had to really respect the judge to be there, want mm. their opinions. Uh, yeah, so you're not just going to turn up to be judged by anybody. It's got to. Well, have I wouldn't say that. I, I, I no, but all their opinions count. Yeah. They keep you a bit honest about things that maybe you didn't think about. So mm. I don't, I'm not dismissing that, mm. but. There's some people you just really want their opinion because you respect mm. what yeah. they've owned and bred themselves. Yeah, yeah. That comes back to that. Yeah. Mm. They've owned and bred these dogs. So, gee, they must know what they're talking about. Mm. You know? mm. And there are people around the world that still are there that are like that. Mm. But a lot of everything's been dumbed down mm. throughout the world, not just the dog world. Mm. Mm. And people have sort of made them not as... Um, what's the word? Not as important or valuable anymore it's like mm. the overuse of the word like legend and champion and things like that you mm. know we we apply these to athletes and and things like that way too early in their careers or way too frequently mm. where it's like no there are a few people that are genuine legends and champions and the rest of them are just very very good that's right but we use it all the time in mm. in all sorts of you know and it takes for them to get to the end of their career to be a legend or a, yeah. you're not a legend at the beginning of it. No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's no. not what a legend is yeah. even. Yeah, you're not a legend you know? in the middle of it, no. That's right. So it's, um, and you know, champions to me are, are something that keep on performing. Mm. 
over and over and over again, like the tennis. You know, mm. those mm. those three guys that have all retired except for Rafa. Mm. Mm. You know, they're all they're all champions. They just keep coming back and can keep doing it. Mm. Mm. So then, what do they do? You pit them off about who's the best champion. Mm. Well, they do the same in dogs. Yeah. You know, they do the same in football. They do the same in everything. Yeah. They have to have a competition within a competition. Mm. They can't just say they're all equally as good, really. Or, or like, <clears throat> how lucky are we to live at a time when we get to watch those three people do what they do? Like, mm. you know, they're just probably the best that have ever done it or amongst the best, and we get to see that. And similar to the dogs, how lucky are you that you've gotten to see some of the best dogs to ever walk That's in right. the show rings? It's something I often say. I think we've seen the best of the dog world yeah. internationally, and how lucky we're all, you know, us group of people of our ilk yeah. to have seen some of the best dogs in the world ever. Yeah. Of, of quite a few breeds, mm. but in particular ours, yeah. where we've, you could stand in a lineup and anybody could beat you, or anybody could win, or, I mean, any dog. Is of a caliber to beat you. Yeah. You're out there really fighting for the ribbon, and and the same in England. Any of them, or America, or even America, and yeah. and you know those places. There are other places where they weren't, um, you know, able to import and and produce dogs of such quality. Yeah. But you know they the, the big the big place. South Africa had the best dogs for a very long time. Yeah. Europe's got some magnificent dogs at the moment. Yeah. Um, Russia's got some wonderful dogs. So, but how lucky were we to see the in Australia when it was in its heyday of yeah. some of the most, mm. you know, well, as they said, the best dogs in the world at that point in time. Mm. And some people today say that we've still got the best dogs. Mm. 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 So, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's all relative, isn't it, really? Yeah. But I think... Um, yeah, class is class, and if you if you know, I think if you got a group of eight dogs in a competition and they're all potential winners, you know, that's what you want. That's what that's yeah. what you want as a judge. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's yeah. much easier to judge them yeah. than it is uh, the people, uh, the dogs that are sort of, um, you know, just just make the cut sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but you know, the legacy of it all is is well, I don't know. There is a legacy yet. I'm not finished. That's how I, I legacies <laughs> yeah, when right. you're finished. I think right. so. Um, I'm 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 not finished with you know what there's, I intend to do. There's yeah. more to come. Oh yeah, and yeah. basically, um, it's very you know a privilege and a pre- pleasure to um, to still participate we've got our Stafford shows coming up yeah in uh, on the 31st of August of which um, I understand there's a contingency coming from a few states and mm. um, we've got the great John Ryder yeah. person whose opinion you want yeah and uh, Dean Burnwell another opinion you would want yeah um, very genuine Stafford folk who uh, judge the dogs mm. and don't let anything get in the way that's what we want um I, you know, encourage everybody to go to all Stafford specialties, though. Um, I don't think that there's some that you shouldn't enter and others that you should. I think you should go to all of them as, as much as you can travel, especially at the moment with the way um, the economy is. But mm. at the end of the day, I think if you can make as many as you can, you want opinions from everybody. Mm. Um, but um, 
Uh, also got our podcast on the Friday, which we're very much looking forward to, to the um, the forum. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's got any questions, they need to send them in so we can ask the guys or come in person. Mm. So meet us at the um, Spring Fair Sausage Sizzle after judging and then down at the German Shepherd Dog League room mm. where we'll have the podcast set up with yeah. Barb and Adam. Mm-hmm. You come and have a chat to us. and Friday us, the 1st of September. Tell us face-to-face what you think of our podcast. It'll be lovely, won't it? We can do that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all, be all good, all, all, all positive. Encouraged. Hey, I've got one like final question just before. I, I was thinking this before you were talking about people say, you know, they see dogs and go, oh, we know that's a game star. Do you, are you ever at shows and you kind of look at a dog and you go, oh, I think that might be... From my line, I think that might be one of my dogs. Or that, I think that's a game star. I'll tell you a couple of funny stories. A dog turned up at a show once and it walked on the showground and I won't tell you the expletives I said to my mother. <laughs> I said, that must be a particular dog line. Yeah. She looked at me and started laughing. I said, where's the catalogue? I went looking at the catalogue and I said, it's not a mm, so-and-so, it's a game star. <sighs> Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> So, and I've done, I had a dog in a pet home and I hadn't seen him for a long time. I was driving along the road and he was another naughty dog who got out and he was running along the street. And I thought, oh my God, look at that dog. And I stopped and got him in the car, looked at his thing. Yes, he was one of ours. Like as well. <laughs> yeah. wow. So, but there are other, don't think I'm biased. There's other dogs that I've seen that are just as nice and yeah. say, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, what a shame. It's stopped the people. What have, what have you got there? Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, he's just a pet. He's not registered, yeah. which breaks your heart because yeah. sometimes you look at him and you think, wish you were registered. You'd be great for the breeding program or, yeah. you know, to get you involved. But lots of people have had lots of great dogs that have not been involved as well that you can appreciate. Yeah. And sometimes the better dogs are sitting outside the thing. Okay. It's a shame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we might, we might wrap it up there. We could, we could do more. I think we'll there's do much a part more to explore. We'll do part two of this off, one. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%, but um, yep. oh, the oh. ice cream guy's coming the around. ice cream man's coming that up. That must be room. time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you both. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Barb. Thank you.